0: The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
1: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Russians are said to be clearing hospitals in the Kherson region ahead of an expected advance by Ukraine's forces. Here's correspondent Mimi Montgomery.
2: According to Ukrainian military officials, Russian troops are moving large numbers of sick and wounded soldiers from hospitals in Kherson, a southern region that Ukraine is fighting to retake after it was invaded by Russia. Following recent reports of Kremlin-appointed authorities urging people to leave affected areas, Ukrainian Armed Forces spokesperson Oleksandr Stupun says evacuations of Russia-held areas continue, including hospitals, adding that all medical equipment and medicines are being removed too. I'm Mimi Montgomery.
1: President Biden is renewing his call to Americans to get vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus on Friday. The Dow was up 828 points, and NASDAQ up 309. This is SRN News.
0: Mark Levin wants you to remember what got us here. Just remember, when you vote, and you keep hearing these Democrat congressmen from these marginal districts going on and on about, I don't agree with Pelosi, I don't agree with Biden, I don't agree with this, as they say it under their breath, the voter after voter. They did this to you. They voted to increase your food prices. They voted to increase your gasoline prices. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8. On AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. AM 1280,
2: The Patriot. Our October Regnery Book of the Month is rigged. How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections by best selling author and Fox News analyst Molly Hemingway. Sign up to win an autographed copy at the Freedom Fan Club at AM 1280ThePatriot.com. We have a high of 66 today. Tonight, a low of 43. Sunny and 62 tomorrow. Thanks for listening to AM 1280, The Patriot.
3: Portions of this program may have been pre recorded.
0: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's
1: great to be back in Minnesota today.
0: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, Here's your headline act, Mitch
4: Bird.
1: Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that says send us your tired to masses yearning to see red, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. T-minus 11 days until yet another most important election of your lifetime. You say, Mitch, you've been saying this every election since 2004. Yes, and every time it's been increasingly correct, I long for a day when a midterm or national election is ever less important than the previous one. I'm trying to remember a time when that's ever been the case, where an ele- election ever got to be less important than the previous one. I'm sure I can think of one, perhaps perhaps the, the, the 1956 presidential election was less important than the 1952 election. Everything was good. There was uh, Life was pretty hunky-dory. The space race hadn't started yet. There weren't nuclear missiles on both sides of the Iron Curtain. Uh, there were certainly issues of prominence, but the Korean War had pretty much died down to a dull roar. That may be the last time we had an election that was less important than pre- than the previous one, possibly 1988. 1988, I mean, the, the Cold War was all but won, and the economy was humming along, and we were, hadn't even started to cash out the peace dividend yet. And the only recession that we would see for the next decade and change would be the, the one as defense plants shut down and switched to civilian production. 1988. Let's go with that one. 34 years ago was the last time an election was less important than the previous one or two. That's it. Ever since then, the stakes have been getting higher and higher and higher. Because the left's demands on our democracy have been getting less and less and less tolerable and sustainable and survivable as a democracy. Oh yeah, we'll be talking about the, the the Potemkin attacks on the Republicans' respect for democracy later on in the broadcast here. Because this is important stuff for you to remember as you as you endure the gaslighting that the Democrat noise machine is going to inflict on you as a conservative in the future here, over this next 11 days here. It's going to, the Soros money, the Bloomberg money, the Elita Messenger money is going to pay for an avalanche of gaslighting telling you what you really think about democracy as a conservative. And you need to resist that. You need to fight back. You need to push back. As Dennis Prager says, you need to fight. This is the time when people of of good character who actually care about real, honest-to-God government of, by, and for the people, need to stand up and not just be counted, but punch back twice as hard, rhetorically, politically, intellectually, not getting into brawls. I mean, if they come for you, that's one story. But we'll come back to that. There's much more to talk about that here because Berg's seventh law, is humming along red hot. In fact, it's been a great week for three different Berg's laws. Berg's Seventh Law of Progressive Projection, uh, when whatever it is that, they, that that the left tells you is an attack on Republicans' concern for democracy, for freedom, for classical liberal values, they're inevitably either projecting their own urges upon you or deflecting away from their own misdeeds, and we've got that going on. We got Berg's 18th law. We'll come back to that in a moment here. We got Berg's 8th law of diversity. In other words, there's nothing a Democrat hates worse than a black, Latino, gay, or female voter or politician going against the Democratic Party. We've seen that in uh, in, in bright neon letters this past week as the uh, Congressional Latino Caucus refused to admit Myra Flores. You know. An actual Latina, <laughs> but a Republican and a conservative and a Christian. Uh, the the Congressional Latina Caucus, like the Congressional Black Caucus, is a fully owned subsidiary of the Democrat Party, and they proved it today. And they proved it because the Democrats are sweating bullets about some polling results that show it. We'll talk about this later on, most likely in the broadcast today. The latest Ted Nugent... Oath Keepers poll is showing that in a generic ballot, in a generic uh, race uh, between Republicans and Democrats, Latinas, Latinos, Latin American voters, are voting 40% Republican. And black voters are 21% Republican. This is up from, I believe, if I remember correctly, under 20% for Latinos in 2008 and 2012 and well down into single digits for black voters for 2008, 2012, 2016. I don't think Donald Trump crapped, cracked 10% in the 2016 poll with uh, African-Americans. He multiplied that result in 2020. And if this particular Ted Nugent Oath Keepers poll is accurate, Wait, did I say Ted Nugent Oath Oath Keepers poll? Why, that would be a relentlessly biased conservative poll. Now, I've read that wrong. I'm sorry. It was a USA Today poll. We'll come back to that later on the broadcast because, of course, I suspect that's why we're seeing Berg's eighth law humming along red hot like an engine that's been running in first gear all day. But most importantly for right now, Berg's 18th law is in full effect, which means for the first 48 hours of any news story, you don't take anything serious uh, seriously coming from the mainstream media. Now, this is normally written about things like mass shootings and politically oriented bits of violence. And we had one of those this past week uh, with the attack, the, quote, inexplicable attack on Paul Pelosi. Now, since Democrats at least a Democrat noise machine on social media is demanding that Republicans denounce this this attack. I denounce the attack. I denounce all violence that is not inflicted in self-defense. And by the way, a fairly strict definition of self-defense. But I got a question. Now... The accusations came out immediately, not just from the the, the foaming mouths of the the DFL and Democrat national noise machine, but from a number of DFL politicians who are facing, let's just say, difficult elections 11 days from now. The initial line that came out was, as happens every time something like this happens, uh just just to go through the, the briefly go through the details of the episode here uh, this past week uh the, Pol- the the Pelosi home uh Paul and Nancy Pelosi's home in Pacific Heights a posh neighborhood among the top 10 richest neighborhoods in San Francisco which is one of the richest cities in America uh I- involving an attack by a person will be described later on Paul Pelosi, the hyper-wealthy husband of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, uh, to quote an article in the, uh, in the uh, San Francisco uh, paper, quote, Early this morning, an assailant broke into the Pelosi residence in San Francisco and violently assaulted Mrs., uh, Mr. Pelosi, Pelosi spokesman Drew Hamill uh, said in a statement, quote, The assailant is in custody and the motivation for the attack is under investigation. Mr. Pelosi was taken to the hospital where he's receiving excellent medical care and is expected to make a full recovery. Now, the Democrat noise machine wasted no time in tying the attack to the ostensible wave of hatred coming from the right, and tying it, frankly, in as many words to January 6th, the same thirst for violence that ostensibly drove the right to break into the Capitol and attempt to shut down the election led to somebody wielding a hammer, breaking into Paul Pelosi's house, trying to kill him with a hammer. Now, again, Berg's 18th law is in effect, and that 18th law says for the first 48 hours after any politically charged, shall we say, event, don't take anything the mainstream media says seriously in terms of details. We we're not going to know the details until they're done trying to scoop each other or, in some cases, score political points. We just will not. But Ilhan Omar does not follow Berg's 18th law. She wrote, and I quote, A far-right white nationalist tried to assassinate the Speaker of the House and almost killed her husband a year after violent insurrectionists tried to find her and kill her in the Capitol. And the Republican Party's response is either to ignore it or belittle it. Okay, So that's Ilhan Omar, who likely will sail to reelection, although the primary results could not have been uh, giving her a whole lot of comfort over this last few months here. And the showing in that uh, USA Today poll showing that African-Americans are not amused by the current uh, Democrat policies cannot be helping her sleep at night a whole lot better. Perhaps even less so, Angie Craig in the 2nd Congressional District, who wrote uh, this uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, and I quote, I was shocked to hear of the brutal attack that occurred last night against Speaker Pelosi's husband. Political violence is never acceptable. I wish Paul a speedy recovery, and I'm thinking of the Pelosi family at this time. Well, fact is, I wish Mr. Pelosi well as well. But let's go back to Angie Craig. Political violence is never acceptable. Or, as Representative Omar put it, a far-right white nationalist tried to assassinate the Speaker and her husband. Speaker Pelosi wasn't home. According to some reports, and I say some reports, I, I, I qualify this by saying, again, Berg's 18th law is in full effect. Nothing's been confirmed. But according to some reports, the attacker is a hemp jewelry uh, producer. He makes makes a living by making hemp jewelry in San Francisco. He was found, according to some reports, in his underwear, in the home with dubious reports of evidence of any break-in, meaning he somehow got into the home of the uh, presumably secure home Of the third most powerful person in America, the home of the Speaker of the House, presumably in Washington, in one of the wealthiest, most secure neighborhoods, in one of the most Democrat cities of America, are you hearing what I'm saying here? If this person is a MAGA terrorist, they're driving way, way, way outside their lane. Again, Berg's 18th law is in full effect I'm just not seeing MAGA terrorist here. And believe me, if it turns out that this is not a white supremacist terrorist, oh, Representative Craig, you're going to be hearing much more about this. 651-289-4488, the number to call. Join us, won't you please? No, we'll be right back. Give it to me one more time!
0: Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
3: Hey, you still got that trick knee? it
5: starts hurting whenever the weather's going to change?
3: Yeah, I'm feeling it now. way. It's that old hockey injury. You know, an Arctic spa all-wetter pool from Premier Pool and Spa could help you
0: relieve some of those aches and pains. No kidding, eh? Yeah, imagine coming home from a long day at the salt
3: mine and easing into a world of warmth and comfort.
2: Oh, yeah,
4: I can
3: almost feel it. And then, when you're all limbered up, you can stay in tip-top shape with an invigorating swim. Wow, sounds like an all-weather pool from Premier Pool and Spa is a hot tub, a spa, and a pool all in one. Yeah, and because it's engineered for the world's harshest climates, it's perfect for Minnesota. Hey, maybe after a few sessions in my pool, I can actually get back on the ice again. If you mean for ice fishing... Then I would say, let's go, eh? Yeah, that's probably more my speed. Hey, all-weather pools from Arctic Spa are on sale now at Premier Pool and Spa Chan Essen. You deserve it. Premier Pool and Spa, online at premierpools.com.
5: That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. When your house needs siding, roofing, or windows, you can sit through three long-winded sales calls, or you can schedule a short meeting with me and receive quotes from multiple contractors by email a few days later. Hi, I'm Ryan with My3Quotes. I've had customers contact me recently saying, I've already received a couple bids. Is it too late to get in on your process? The answer is a huge no. It's not too late. In fact, if you already have bids, I can prove to you how great the prices are through my three quotes. I've recently worked with homeowners who received quotes from one of the biggest window companies in town, and they were floored by the prices. I was able to get quotes for them through another major brand with better warranties, better ratings, and best of all, save them thousands of dollars. If you want to make sure you're not paying too much, give me a call and I'll stop by for a short meeting. It's free and there's no obligation to buy Set up an appointment today at getmy That's the number three, 3
1: Hi, I'm Anthony Commerce with Commerce Water. A year ago, we introduced wet technology into our softeners. It's exclusive to Commerce. Since then, customers have saved an average of 700 gallons of water and over 300 pounds of salt each year. And you can too. Go to Commerce.com. Damn, yeah, 12A the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call should you care to join us here. Hey, don't forget, as a hunter, you know that weather has a huge impact on game movement. You can get the info you need before you hit the field. Foul weather is a duck hunter's friend and deer move with the barometer. They're clever critters, those deer chasing those uh, those balmy pressure systems anyway get yourself in position to bag your quarry with the hunter's forecast every thursday morning 7 and 11 and 3 and 7 uh, in the afternoon courtesy of stock and barrel minnesota's premier shooting range with two locations in egan and chanhausen both of which i tend to frequent on beautiful uh, well less than beautiful weekend days days like today Honestly, I'm hoping for an outdoor range or maybe just being outdoors. And I can't blame you for doing the same. But I hope you're taking the show with you wherever you go. AM 1280 The Patriot, FM 107.5 in the West Metro. And, of course, AM 1280 The Patriot or any of our streaming apps online. Hope you can be uh, tuning us in either way. By the way. Uh, so we we have uh, we have some candidates for the Stillwater School Board coming up later on the show here today. Also waiting to hear from some other potential candidates who uh, penciled in, shall we say, to appear today. But we'll we'll see how that works here. Uh, it's pretty busy on the campaign trail, So you know, sometimes commitments come and go. We do the best we can here. At any rate, by the way, Brad Carlson tomorrow one to three on AM twelve A. The Patriot has a full slate of key House races, House and Senate, I believe, races. Uh, on the show tomorrow, Jack Tomzak, three o'clock. The new guy today here on AM 12A, the Patriot. I believe he will probably. I don't, haven't seen his agenda today, but I know it's going to be a doozy. So stay tuned. And anyway, we're talking about the attack on Paul Pelosi. Uh, the the that put him in the hospital again. Since Democrats will say, "Hey, why aren't you denouncing it?" I denounce all violence. Shut up. I denounced violence. Uh, the 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 occasional bit that my side uh, commits. And the frequent bits that your side commits, if you're a Democrat, and everything in between. And while it's possible that the conclusion to which Ilhan Omar jumped at, in saying this is a white supremacist terrorist, she went on to helpfully post a link, to, uh, say claiming in the L.A. Times that Mister. DePape, that's the name of the of the alleged attacker, uh, trafficked in QAnon conspiracies. The Conspiracies, uh, which he was uh, supposedly trafficking, are pretty ecumenical, politically speaking. Hardly paints him as a MAGA terrorist, especially given that these bits of trafficking go back years into the past. So I I think it's easy to say, uh, with all due respect, that Ilhan Omar is jumping the gun and that Angie Craig is even more so. Again, Angie Craig, I was shocked to hear of the brutal attack against Speaker Pelosi's husband. Political violence is never acceptable. Jumping to the, I'm just going to go out on a short, sturdy limb and say unsustainable conclusion that this was a politically motivated attack. As our good friend and former colleague, David Strom, Put it on Twitter. By the way, David, uh, who's gone on to write for Hot Air, along with the other former colleague, Ed Morrissey, over the past month or so here, uh, as he put it rather pithily in response to Representative Omar, and I quote, a hemp jewelry-making semi-homeless nudist psychotic is hardly typical MAGA. Add that to the fact that according to initial, and let's just say, Not fully solidified reports. All of the above, plus being found inside one of the most ostensibly, one would hope, secure homes. I mean, it's the home of the Speaker of the House when she's in town. The third most important politician in America. Number three in America's order of succession in an emergency. One would suspect there's some security involved, especially given that it is, A, the home of the Speaker of the House, B, a a home in one of the wealthier parts of one of the wealthier and most democratic cities in America. And furthermore, Mr. DePape was allegedly, ostensibly, possibly found in his underwear, which... Is not necessarily the 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 first group of circumstances you look for when you're looking for a politically motivated slash quote white supremacist end quote attack on a public figure. It's I, I mean this I, I read some of these allegations again. Berg's eighteenth law still in full effect. We don't know anything for sure because the media is useless for at least the first two or three days on stories like this, and we're heading towards day two here. But I couldn't have been more suspicious of this story if the allegation had referred to Nigerian bodybuilders a la Jussie Smollett. So Ilhan Omar chalking it up to white supremacist QAnon supporters and and Angie Craig calling it a uh, politically motivated attack. Why would they do this? I mean, they may not subscribe to Berg's 18th law, but it is the law of the land. And honestly, jumping to a conclusion like that when you're a public figure dealing with a Im- rather fraught public issue, why would they do that? Because they need to wrap themselves in some form of victimization to try and squeeze another couple votes out of the gullible, I would suggest. Because that's where they're at right now. Ilhan Omar... God bless CeCe Davis. I, I hope she far outperforms. I hope she shocks the world a week from Tuesday and wins the congressional race. But everyone knows the odds are long in a place like CD5, a place where the traditionally the DFL could endorse a footlocker, a footlocker full of year old ham sandwiches that were supposed to be in the freezer and still get 60 percent of the vote. We know this because they did endorse the human equivalent of a footlocker full of same on race after race after race. I mean, Matt Pelican, Aaron Murphy, Aaron May Quaid, uh, Mary Moriarty, all of them, the intellectual, political, moral equivalents of said footlocker. And so that's C.C. Davis faces a tough race. She knows it. We all know it. If she gets to 40 percent of the vote... You could call it a moral victory because, again, if the DFL gets to 40 percent, I'm sorry, if the DFL falls near 60 percent in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the fifth and sixth congressional districts, they're toast statewide, completely, totally burned toast. Throw them out. They will not win a statewide race if Minneapolis and St. Paul fall below 60 percent DFL. Are they going to do that this election cycle? One can always hope. And, by the way, not just hope, but work your butt off for C.C. Davis. If you live in the 5th or if you live outside the 5th Congressional District and, and, and want to see the world shocked, want to see uh, not just Republicans win statewide, but for DFLers to lose statewide, uh, you need to get in there and, and work and vote, uh, ultimately vote, but before that, for the next 11 days' work and contribute time and money and whatever you can, to C.C. Davis in the 5th Congressional District, to Milo to Zhang in the 4th Congressional District, running against Betty McCollum, perhaps the most useless person in Congress. I mean, both of them face tough races. Cook Political Report uh, calls the 5th Congressional District uh, Democrat plus 30, which means they're banking on a uh, 70-30 race. Sixty thirty, uh, 60, 30, 65, 35 race, and uh, the the fourth CD not a whole lot better. I mean, the fourth CD they're calling, I believe, Democrat plus fifteen, and that that's certainly what the DFL is hoping for. And Angie Craig, her race is being thrown out there there is a toss up by Cook by the Cook Political Report and by uh, the other big, Real Clear Politics. They're both calling it a toss up, and if as the conventional wisdom says, Republicans tend to poll a point or two lighter than Democrats. Angie Craig's behind in the 2nd Congressional District, behind Tyler Kistner. The tone of their advertising certainly would lend, you the, lend some credence to that theory. Anyway, what we're seeing here is two, two things happening, maybe three. First of all, uh, as the DFL starts to flail around looking, I think, in my humble opinion for a message that isn't crushing them with middle Minnesota. First of all, they're looking for desperate strategies like uh, trying to paint themselves as the victims, Uh, trying to claim victimhood from the Paul Pelosi attack, trying to turn it into a politicized attack uh, and, and wave the bloody red shirt. Second, the DFL is throwing everything they can find against the wall. You can look for a raft of these abstruse uh, campaign finance board accusations. I mean, it's not as sexy as an attack on the Speaker of the House's husband. But it's something, and you're seeing that right now. You're seeing the Keith Ellison cam- campaign try to claim that Joseph Schultz, I'm sorry, Jim Schultz, my bad, uh, is, is has violated the campaign finance laws here in Minnesota, which, of course, literally every campaign violates the campaign finance laws in some way or another. At least it's easy to make an allegation. Nothing will come of it. Uh, I mean, it's the political equivalent of demanding you wear a mask when you're out walking. It's impossible to run a campaign without violating something. I mean, the the, the allegations of the collusion uh, across the uh, between different funding bodies is so stretchy. It's entirely done to 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 gull the gullible. And finally, third and less predictable. Well, Donald Trump has spoken up with some uh, endorsements this past week. I'm going to say it's a two edged sword. So I call it a good news, bad news situation. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, Because Donald Trump making endorsements in Minnesota, there's an upside and there's a downside. And we'll talk about both. 651 289 4488. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
6: This is Molly Hemingway. In 2020, millions of Americans experienced the most troubling election of their lives. That's why I wrote the book, Rigged, How Big Tech, the Media, and Democrats Seized Our Elections. I write about Mark Zuckerberg's efforts to take over election operations in key states, how the coronavirus was used to force election laws designed explicitly to help the Democrat Party, and much, much more.
0: It's now in paperback. Don't miss Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Available wherever books are sold.
6: Hi,
5: this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. I've been thinking about all the good things I have in this life. A loving family, a great place to work, and a warm place to sleep. James one seventeen says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of Lights. Recently, I tried to count up all the good things I've been given. There are too many to count. I am so thankful for our loving Heavenly Father, who has unlimited resources to give good gifts to His children. The greatest of all these gifts is what was accomplished at the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ. God has an incredible, sacrificial love that he would send his only son to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Eternal life, now that is a gift. I hope you are able to stop and ponder and thank God for all the good things he gives to each one of us. If you have any comments, you can email me at lee at com. That's Lee at com.
6: Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that matter, 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with The Mike Gallagher Show. You and I know the mainstream media is filling the airwaves with a left-wing take on the news of the day.
2: This is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't well, verify. You won't
1: put it on because it's bad for Biden.
6: It's critical to find a news source that tells the truth. Well, that's Daybreak Insider. Daybreak Insider is that source. I get it in my email box every day. It helps shape the stories I bring to you. It's a look at today's most compelling stories, how they are covered by the media, and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily. And it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Your
3: children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure but thrive. And that education is available for half-off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, the midterms are rapidly approaching. Perhaps you've heard, they've been in all the papers. So... We're excited to announce our live coverage from GOP election night headquarters. Tune at 8 o'clock on Tuesday the 8th as the Northern Alliance Radio Network brings you the best updates (laughs) at a hotel. I, I forget the hotel. There's two trees involved. No, the double tree by Hilton in St. Louis Park. As the local results roll in, we'll be keeping you up to date, all while Hewitt, Gorka, and our team bringing you a close eye on the races nationally. Stream at am12athepatriot.com. Oh. By the way, we're brought to you by North Oaks Financial Services. Thank you, North Oaks, for bringing you this great election night tradition on the part of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We've been doing this every uh, election, significant election, since 2004. And we're not going to stop this time. This is this is going to be an interesting one. By the way, I'm going to be, we're, as they say, we're going to be watching the local races. But I'm also going to be watching uh, four sets of races out in the Eastern time zone because I think those will be four bellwether races. Uh, the Herschel Walker race, obviously, if Herschel Walker uh, is showing well against Raphael Warnock, that's going to be a very, very good sign. I had him written off a month ago. I was ready to give up on Georgia uh, and not so fast. Uh, some of the latest polling is showing he's he's holding up really well and he's well within the margin of error. This could actually if I'll be watching that one closely, although uh, Georgia is a state perhaps more prone to shenanigans than others. Uh, a few others that I will be watching, however, in the New Hampshire Senate race, uh, that one, uh, first of all, uh, it's a small enough state where you don't have to worry as much about election night shenanigans. And the, uh, that particular race is looking like it's going to be a Donnybrook, and if the Republicans take that one, that's going to be a big one. The two others in New York State, obviously the, the Kathy Hochul race and uh, Lee, against Lee Zeldin, the Republican, who has been closing the polls up rapidly this past couple of weeks. And it actually causing some indigestion for a lot of prominent Democrats, thinking perhaps that Lee Zeldin could pull this off against the relentlessly awful Kathy Hochul, uh, someone who actually might make people long for Andrew Cuomo as governor. Uh, and there's four, another cluster of races out on Long Island. There is a chance, a chance that some or all of the four congressional seats on Long Island, which has been a bit of a Democratic stronghold for some time now, could actually flip Republican on election night. Those are Eastern time zone races. They should be on their way to some form of resolution by the time we get on the air on election night. And those will be the bellwethers I'll be watching. Of course, Brad and Jack have their own special sauces that they go through. I Also following several races here in Minnesota, I believe it's uh, the three, the 14 35, 36, and 41, the Senate races, and I think the House races within them, all of them very important. I think potentially the bellwethers to follow here in Minnesota. We'll be talking about that on election night and most likely next week as well. So uh, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Donald Trump uh, made some endorsements this past week, and I think it's a good news, bad news thing. Uh, I think the good news is this. Donald Trump is looking to burnish his record as a kingmaker. And I think he and the good news is looking at the races in Minnesota, he's seeing some possibilities to actually buff up his win loss record. He's had a, shall we say, a mixed record in some of these election races over this past year. Some of the ones he got behind four square uh, came up not so hot for him. Others he won. So so he's got a mixed record. I think Donald Trump is a person who likes to win things. That's part of his personality, for better or worse. Uh, actually, as Scott Adams said back in 2015, he's not just a person who likes to win things. He likes to win things and humiliate his opponents. And so the good news, I suspect, out of these endorsements is that he sees that there's a chance that he's going to have kind of a slam dunk. I mean, jumping in on the last two weeks of a race with endorsements is is kind of a little bit like jumping on the bandwagon after the bandwagon has left the station. And so that's that, that's a – I'm going to I'm going call that a good sign for the two endorsees, uh, Scott Jensen and Kim Crockett. Uh, Dr. Jensen, of course, getting the endorsement earlier this week along with Secretary of State candidate Kim Crockett. Now, the bad news – well, a couple things. First of all, it gives the DFL a, another framing point, a chanting point to use to try to seize control of the narrative around both of those races. To say, "Hey, they're a bunch of magas," which may or may not affect swing voters. I guess we'll find out a week and a half uh, from now. I heard from someone closely linked to one of the statewide races that said it, it was frankly has complicated things for them that the the candidates involved in the statewide races, and by the way, this was, I'm not going to go into details about the identity, but this is a very highly placed source within one of the statewide races, who said it is, frankly, the Trump endorsement has complicated things for that candidate and likely the other one. And at, at, at a point where they've managed to start talking, uh, changing the public conversation to talking about the issues in the governor and, uh, and secretary of state's races, where Trump has endorsed, suddenly it's all back to Orange Man bad again, which has, frankly, hurt the discussion on both sides of the aisle. Now I think uh, Dr. Jensen's campaign is reacting pretty appropriately. He wrote, and I quote, Ultimately, we only care about one endorsement, the support of Minnesota voters. We're we'll continuing to barnstorm the state, engage in meaningful conversations, and work every day to earn the uh, votes of Minnesotans by fighting uh, the the uh, Waltz-Biden inflation, ending our crime epidemic, protecting parental rights, and funding students, not broken institutions, said Dr. Jensen. Uh, "As a great response, I thought. Anyway, that's the bad news, the fact that this is adding a complication that I don't think either of the endorsees necessarily needed at this point in the race, according to at least one source within one of those campaigns. The good news, again, maybe possibly, if you're a Republican who has forgotten what being a contender in an opinion poll is, much less winning or uh, an election feels like after the last 16 years, Trump likes to back winners and at this stage of the race the internal polling should be giving you a pretty good idea if someone has a chance out there which means maybe possibly with the help of god in the tailwind i'm guessing here but not without some reason that the internal polling is looking a little more like the trafalgar poll and a little less like survey usa am i right am i wrong we'll see uh just Little shout out to those of you who are saying that Scott Jensen should have just dropped out of the race after the Survey USA poll after Labor Day. That might have been just a tad premature, maybe an out and out tactical error. Certainly, we'll find out eleven days out here. Let's go to the phones in Minneapolis. Pat, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
6: Oh hi
3: hi, I, I enjoy your show, um, and I'm interested in your um, thoughts about. I remember, in, I think it was eighteen. Our whole state went to uh, caucuses, and our state was the only one that went for Marco Rubio.
1: 2016 we caucuses. calling
3: people to come to the caucus to vote for him so yep. that Trump wouldn't get in. At any rate, the whole state went there, the only state. So my thought is, could, and like your opinion on what you think, could an endorsement by Marco Rubio or a rally by him coming to our state um, water down that Trump endorsement, or make any kind of effect, and if that's even a
1: possibility, we'll see. That's an excellent idea. I love the idea. It was 2016, by the way. I was there. I was actually a precinct caucus chairman in 2016, and I was leading the charge for Rubio since my guy Scott Walker had already dropped out. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, the guy who, for whom I eventually voted, uh, uh, Scott Walker, had had dropped out by that point. So uh, at any rate. This is, uh, yeah, it's, I'd love to see it. I, I'll see what I can come up with here. I don't have a whole lot of pull either with the Jensen campaign, to be honest, certainly not with the Rubio campaign, but I think it's a great idea. And I don't know if it's a matter of diluting the Trump endorsement so much because honestly the DFL has been trying to tie Jensen to Trump since the very beginning, not without some reason. There's some, there's some, uh, Let's just say synchronicity in in uh, rhetoric among the three, among the two rather, among Jensen and and Trump, always has been. Uh, whether that's completely accurate or a matter of of Democrat Party narrative or not, it doesn't matter. There, there's I think there, that's the perception out there. So I, I think in the case of Trump uh, and Jensen, the the Trump endorsement really just sort of reinforces the message that the DFL has been putting out there for a year and a half about Dr. Jensen anyway. But I love the idea of a Marco Rubio endorsement. I think a Marco Rubio uh, in my dreams of this next week and a half, Marco Rubio, Scott Walker, uh, maybe Ron DeSantis, although he faces a uh, a race of his own right now, I think some endorsements uh, from some of these other folks would go a long way. Uh, Ron DeSantis, of course, doing a great job of, uh, <laughs> of, of running a solid race without having to uh, grab onto whatever coattails Donald Trump may have in Florida. I mean, Donald Trump has endorsed, I believe, endorsed Rubio, but has, uh, or has rallied for Rubio, but is staying out of the, uh, of the governor's race. And Ron DeSantis has pulled ahead to, according to some polls, a 10-point lead. So uh, I I, would, I love the idea. Excellent idea, Pat. Let's go to St. Paul. Tom, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, you are on the air. Go right ahead. Hey, Mitch. Uh, I just have a
0: general question here, and I respect your opinion and expertise on such matters. What percentage of voters, when they get to the voting booth on Election Day, what percent do you think are making up their mind right
4: then and
1: there. Way, and, and, and. way more than you'd hope. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks. for I, No, I mean, not to, I, that's a quick answer, but I would love to actually do a survey on that. I would love to see a survey on that because I'm almost positive, Tom, and that is a great question, <laughs> really a great question, and, and it's a question I think a lot of campaigns are trying to unlock here. I would be amazed if more than 10% of the population had an idea or really cared that much about an election before Labor Day. I've said that on the show for years. I don't think the vast majority of the electorate makes up its mind before Labor Day. By vast majority, I think I think it's ninety plus percent uh, aren't really paying much attention until Labor Day. And those who are are members of parties uh, who are who are partisans and to some extent committed to the process. I think you start seeing a, a slow bell curve increasing geometrically starting around Labor Day and ending in the polls. And I would guess that at least half of the people are still making up at least some part of their mind when they get into the polls. They may say, I'm going to vote Democrat or I'm going to vote Republican, but they don't make up their minds about every single race, uh, even many of the races, until they get to the polls. It's a great question, Tom. I know I personally uh, don't make up my mind on a lot of the down ticket races, like judge races. I usually vote against uh, some of them. I usually fill in the name of one of my pets for one of them just to... Send a message to make sure my ballot gets counted. We'll talk more about that much more when we come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM
0: 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
2: This is Bible League International with an urgent plea. You know Christian persecution in the 20th and 21st centuries exceeds all previous 19? I mean, that tells you that we're addressing what is arguably the number one issue facing the global church. Christians are paying a heavy price simply for believing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This woman in South Africa was hated by her family now that she's come to Christ, but here's her reaction when she finally got her own Bible. You were
4: in Mpumalanga. The lady there, she knelt down and she cried. At the age of she never
2: had a Bible. AM 980 The Mission listeners, you're putting tears of joy on the faces of bible persecuted believers all over the world. You've done that for about 400, but our goal is 1,600. We're short and we need to ramp up in the coming days, so please pray about it. And then at $5 a Bible, $100 dollars since 20, would you make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at am980themission.com, and God bless you for caring.
7: Are you looking for a unique Christmas gift that will keep on giving? We've partnered with Twin Cities award-winning photographer, Wayne Moran, for a special half-price lesson offer. Wayne will teach you all you need to know to take better images. images. Regular price for this five-lesson package is $500, now just $250. Only five of these special offers are available, so call the station now at 651-289-4413. 651-289-4413.
3: Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news Townhall.com. Political cartoons.
1: Thoughtful commentary.
3: And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com.
2: A division of Salem Media Group.
1: Hey, if you want to give a shout, by the way, this is AM 12A The Patriot, in case you didn't know. Just make sure everyone's up to speed here. If you're fixing to give a shout-out to your favorite host, you have a topic suggestion for one of our shows, just want to pass along your thoughts on today's big news, or maybe a rip on someone, I don't know, just send us a text message. Our texting feature is back on the free AM12A, the Patriot app. Just click on text on the bottom menu bar. And let us know what's on your mind. That's the Text Us feature on the AM1280 The Patriot mobile app, which is the app you should be using if you can't listen to us via good old-fashioned terrestrial radio or at AM1280 The Patriot. Either way, we got you covered. 651-289-4488. You can also join us uh, on by hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N-Show. On any of your favorite social media platforms, that be uh, Gab, Parler, We Getter, or the newly acceptable Twitter, which, uh, with the purchase by Elon Musk, is suddenly no longer a heavily censored echo chamber that le- that that squats on conservative thought. <laughs> suddenly, Twitter is cool again. It's been glorious to watch. Uh, as, as someone who who loves. Watering his houseplants with progressive tears, let's just say the drought is over in the Berg household. My plants are happy. My social media feed is happy. Conservatism has won at least a small, uh, a small victory against censorship for freedom of speech. And by the way, I I love it when you see Democrats saying, hey, it's a private company. They should have the right to censor anyone they want. I'm glad to see that you're all suddenly big free market property rights activists here. But no, they were doing the Facebook and Twitter were doing their censorship at the behest of the FBI. Basically acting as agents of the government to shut down dissent. So this is I'm enthusiastic about this. this is great. You know who's not enthusiastic right now, by the way? (laughs) DFL voters. Now, we talked last week about the Trafalgar uh, poll that showed that Joe Biden is underwater in Minnesota. Again, maybe Trafalgar's right. Maybe they're wrong. We'll find out in in, uh, 11 days here. But he's underwater. He's more negatives than positives, not even close in Minnesota. And that seems to be reflected nationwide and here in Minnesota by a lack of enthusiasm among Democrat volunteers. Uh, We've heard tell in in recent days of the Democrats in New York uh, trying to fight to keep Kathy Hochul afloat against Lee Zeldin that uh, they're not finding enough volunteers to canvass people out on the streets of New York City. Well, that's New York. How about here in Minnesota? Well, uh, an email was ostensibly leaked to the good guys by a DFL operative here this past week. And if it's true, and and I haven't been able to completely authenticate it, but if it's true, it indicates the DFL is having a hard time getting people out on the street for the DFL in the metro and the suburbs. I, I read it and I quote, Friends, it, it's, enti- it's from a, a woman who is a DFL operative and campaign manager. And I uh, and I quote, Vol- it's entitled Volunteer Deficit in the Twin Cities. And I quote, friends, emailing you about a very real problem. We don't have enough volunteers in the Twin Cities to reach our get-out-the-vote goals. Right now, the DFL is behind track of where we projected to be at this time. We are 537 shifts behind in Minneapolis. By the way, where the word shifts was misspelled in a way that would make it illegal for me to say it on the radio in the form. It appeared in the leaked email, but 537 shifts behind in Minneapolis and 489 shifts, spelled correctly that time, for our goal in St. Paul. Victory depends on a strong turnout in the Twin Cities Metro. Oh, boy, does it. With polling showing our race, still a dead heat. This is, I believe, an Angie Craig, uh, actually Craig. Uh, oh, it's a Keith Ellison volunteer, <laughs> even better. A number one strategic imperative for a Keith Ellison victory is a turnout of the base in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the surrounding burbs. So they are drastically short of volunteers in Minneapolis and St. Paul, which is what you have, which is what happens when people are not especially fired up for you now. This is not as big of a problem potentially for the Democrats as it would be for the Republicans, because Republicans depend entirely on volunteers. The Democrats can pay for them. They've got enough Soros money, Bloomberg money, uh, especially Alita Messenger money to make up for an awful lot of enthusiasm. You're seeing that on the TV, on the airwaves in the Twin Cities TV market. Uh, absolutely if it was a picnic table, it'd be ready to fall over from the weight of food on top. If food were advertising, so this is where they. This is why, by the way, I think they're having to resort to trying to claim victimhood in the Paul Pelosi attack. Speaking of endorsements that are good news and bad news, we talked about Trump endorsing uh, Kim Crockett and Scott Jensen. There was another endorsement this past week. Tim Walz was proud to announce Uh, the 27th, that would have been Thursday, Uh, the endorsement. uh, By the way, I should point out Tim Waltz, who as governor has been running nonstop as a campaigner against the, quote, conspiracy theories passed about by Jensen and other Republicans uh, running for statewide office. But he was thrilled to announce the endorsement by former Governor Jesse Ventura and I thought that was kind of hilarious because because Jesse Ventura, I mean, let's make sure we get this straight. Governor Walz is an incumbent who has spent the last year dunking on Scott Jensen for being a quote conspiracy theory advocate. Although, if that's the case, especially in terms of COVID policy, speaking in in, uh, in in favor of things like say ivermectin, which the noted. Uh, pharmacist and doctor Tim Waltz uh, said was discredited, although it's what they used to treat Amy Klobuchar's husband, so I don't know. Go figure. But an incumbent who dunks on Scott Jensen as being a conspiracy theorist is proud of an endorsement by a noted and profligate 9-11 truther who was An enthusiastic employee of RT, which, lest you haven't heard, is Vladimir Putin's propaganda network. He lost his job when the sanctions went into effect after the invasion of Ukraine. But he was an employee, in effect, of Vladimir Putin and his ruling party. Uh, By the way, Keith Ellison was a bit of a 9-11 denialist as well. Let's keep that in mind as we go to the polls. Jesse Ventura, how how far, 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 far the mighty have fallen. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, go nowhere, we'll be right back.
7: Are you looking for a unique Christmas gift that will keep on giving? We've partnered with Twin Cities award-winning photographer Wayne Moran for a special half-price lesson offer. Wayne will teach you all you need to know to take better images. images. Regular price for this five-lesson package is $500, now just $250. Only five of these special offers are available, so call the station now at 651-289-4413. 651-289-4413. TV news.
0: It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24 7. Find what you're looking for at SNC.TV. That's SNC.TV.
5: Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? You want to participate in market gains, but not market losses? Hi, I'm Dale Tondrick, host of the Retirement and Income Radio Show on The Patriot, Sundays at 11 a.m. I've helped many Patriot listeners like you create their unshakable retirement. Contact me now and I'll send you a free copy of my new book, Unshakable Retirement. Log on to MyInvestingCoach.com or call me at 952-401-1671. Over 50,000
0: police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org am tw-